What's up, y'all? We just finished another interview. We know we've been uh, doing a couple interviews recently. We hope you've been enjoying them as much as we've been enjoying them. Today, we met and discussed and talked to Zach Bigley, the Frisco Rough Riders broadcaster. Such a great guy. Um, it was just great learning from him and talking to him and hearing his point of view about baseball. I thought it was very interesting about how he talked about the Frisco Rough Riders. And then uh, he mentioned some fun things about um, McKinney ISD football. If y'all aren't familiar with it, football in Texas is crazy. And uh, McKinney just got a 69, a 69.9 million. When I say just, it's three or four years old. But Austin, what'd you feel about this interview? Yeah, I loved it. It was interesting, the whole rabbit hole about him at the University of Oregon calling games uh, in the Final Four for a great basketball team in 2017. Uh, to his journey uh, for, to Southern California, to Myrtle Beach, to Frisco, and how uh, he looked after a guy named Dave Niehaus, who kind of uh, inspired him to be a broadcaster today. So it's a great interview, and I definitely think you should listen to it. Yeah, and he dropped, uh, I won't drop the name, but he dropped the name of a new Maverick. So make sure you keep an eye on that, and uh, talk to you soon. Welcome back. Today we'll be interviewing Zach Bigley, the manager of media development and broadcaster for the Frisco Rough Riders, the AA affiliate for the Texas Rangers. Bigley majored in journalism and minored in history at the University of Oregon. When he is not broadcasting baseball, Bigley broadcasts football and basketball games for McKinney ISD. Thank you again, Zach, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, Kevin, no problem. Kevin and Austin, really a pleasure to, to join you guys and Hope you guys are staying somewhat cool in this heat wave we're going through right now. We're, we're trying. Uh, at least I am. I don't know how you are, Austin. I'm trying. It's hard sometimes, but you got to survive. So um, I read that you played high, uh, played baseball in high school. What was your favorite part of playing baseball? Uh, my favorite part of playing baseball was the game. I mean, I just love the game. I've always loved the game. I was brought up. As a Seattle Mariner, Mariners and Cleveland Indians fan, my dad uh, was a Cleveland guy growing up, and I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. So uh, baseball has just been my favorite ever since then. And growing up playing it every single day, I mean, it was the only sport I played in high school, and uh, it was where I had a lot of my friends, and uh, it was a, an opportunity to, to be a part of something, and that was that was the best part. But the, the actual game itself, I mean, I – I love so much and you know unfortunately I wasn't good enough to play at the next level so I had to go the broadcasting route but it was still just just a blast to be a part of and uh, I do miss playing. And then was there a favorite player um, that you tried to emulate while you played? I, I grew up as a Mariners fan so Franklin Gutierrez actually was was a guy who I watched when I was in high school as a defender. Um, he was really smooth out there and uh, he was one of my favorite guys to watch. Uh, he was with the Indians and then with the Mariners. Uh, and funny enough, my first year in minor in minor league baseball, I was working for the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes in 2017. And Franklin Gutierrez was playing with the Dodgers and he rehabbed with us. So I got to meet him, which was really cool. Um, and then, uh, so it was, it was really Franklin Gutierrez and then Ichiro, of course, growing up. I didn't necessarily emulate him because no one can really emulate Ichiro, but uh, I loved watching him and he was just a wizard with the bat. So it was so much fun. That's so cool um, about uh, Gutierrez that you were able to meet him. 
Yeah, it was it was so much fun. And, you know, I was super lucky with the Dodgers, especially in that one year where we had a ton of amazing rehabbers, uh, you know, Justin Turner, Adrian Gonzalez, uh, Kenta Maeda, which was crazy because all the Japanese media are nuts and they're so fun. Uh, and, you know, it was it was just just really fun to, to be a part of that. And one of my favorite stories actually from that year was Rally Bañez was another guy who I grew up watching and, and grew up you know, loving as a, as a Mariners fan. And he was a roving instructor for the Dodgers. And I was down in the dugout pregame during batting practice, getting ready to interview one of our guys. And I had a name tag on. And uh, Ibanez was coming into the dugout and I just introduced myself. I was like, hey, Raul, like, my name's Zach. I'm the broadcaster. I uh, just wanted to introduce myself. And he was like, yeah, Zach Bigley, like really nice to meet you. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, how do you know me? And I forgot I had a name tag on. But, um, it was, yeah, it was really funny. And he was a super nice guy. And that's the big thing is a lot of these guys are really great to work with. And that's one of the things that stands out in the minor leagues, especially where you get exposed to all these guys young as players. And then, you know, post career with a lot of the roving coaches and that kind of thing. Um, just, just a blast to be a part of and a blast to work with these guys. I've also, I've also seen you mention that when you're younger, you listened to Dave Niehaus, who was the Seattle broadcaster beforehand. What have you tried to imitate from him that you saw when you uh, were listening to him before? I think that ultimately I try to be myself on the air, but I, I think you you got to take Dave Niehaus's energy. I don't know if you guys have ever heard Dave, but uh didn't matter whether you know it was 1995 and, and the Mariners were beating the Yankees to, to go to the American League Championship Series, or if it was 2007 and they were 50 games under 500 and, uh, you know, playing on a Tuesday. He always had incredible energy and always had fun on the broadcast. And I think that that's something that's super important, especially in a long minor league season, that you, you have to realize that, you know, there may be somebody tuning in who's tuning in for the first time or who who is, you know, still very invested in a game that, you might be on the, the last game of a long stretch and you're looking forward to something else. But, you know, bringing that energy is something that I always admired in both Dave and Rick Riz, who's the broadcaster, the lead guy on radio for the Mariners. Um, and I, I think that's super important. And that's something I've always loved. And also you could always hear Dave Niehaus smile in his calls. And that's something that I, I think is super important in broadcasting is making sure that, you know, you're, you're portraying your personality over the air through your voice. And, uh, and that's definitely something I've taken from him. So you majored in uh, journalism and attended the University of Oregon. Why did you choose Oregon? Oregon was the only school I applied to. Oregon was, was the school that I knew I was going to go to. I grew up in Eugene, uh, four miles away from campus. And actually, I went to uh, elementary school, middle school, high school, and college, all within a one-mile radius of each other. Uh, and then you know, immediately moved all over the country. In, in minor league baseball. So it was, it's kind of funny, but I loved Oregon. I think that, you know, when I was in my senior year of college or senior year of high school, I was trying to figure out where I was going to go to college. And I was looking at Oregon and I was saying, if I want to be a broadcaster, I'd never done anything on air. It was just kind of a dream. It was something that I, I wanted to do. And you won't find a much better sports culture in college than, than Oregon. You have top of the level athletics. You have an athletic department that cares about facilities um, and you have a, a football program that's treated essentially like an NFL team from the media perspective and getting that kind of exposure at a college level, there's, 
nothing that you can ask for any better. And I lucked out where I didn't do any research at all on like student radio or anything like that. And it turned out to be student radio and it turned out to be a really good program. And it turned out ultimately to be a place where I worked with some really awesome guys that propelled me to where I am today because we all really cared about being the best. And that's something that, that I couldn't have planned for, but it just kind of worked out. And ultimately it worked out for the best. So I'm really, really happy that I went to Oregon and I'd, I'd never do it any differently. What was one of your favorite moments from broadcasting at the university? Man, there were some really good ones. Uh, so I did football, uh, volleyball, and softball for Oregon specifically. And then we did local high school football and basketball as well. Um, and my first ever play-by-play -play was Marcus Mariota's final game at Oregon, which is insane. Um, and I, I can't bring myself to go back and listen to it. It's, it's awful. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's still a really cool thing to say. And then, you know, we had just some incredible teams while I was there. Oregon volleyball was one of my favorite teams that I got to work with. Uh, my senior year going and traveling with them when they made the postseason, going to the University of Michigan and, and traveling with them there and, and calling postseason volleyball was super, super fun. Um, the softball team was amazing every single year and uh, making, you know, making those relationships and, and calling those incredible games were, were really fun too. Um, with Oregon football, my senior year was when they didn't make a bowl game for the first time since 2004, I think. And so that wasn't, you know, the most fun thing in the world, but I had the opportunity to travel all over the Pac-12 and, and see some really cool venues. University of Washington was an incredible venue, turned out to be an incredible game that year as well. University of Utah was crazy. Um, Stanford was a great game. You know, they don't really pack the place like other places do in the Pac-12, but uh, it's always funny looking around and finding students reading books in the stands at Stanford uh, while the game's going on. But, you know, just incredible opportunities to, to call meaningful games and good games with incredible athletes that went on to play at the next level. Uh, you know, Oregon basketball, we didn't broadcast their games, but we covered them. And after I graduated in 2017, I moved down to Southern California and they happened to be in the final four in Phoenix. And so I had graduated a week earlier and the radio station was like, hey, you're down there as one final hurrah. Do you want to go down and just cover the final four? So that was probably one of my favorite memories was, was being there in the final four at, at the time, University of Phoenix Stadium, um, home of the Cardinals. And watching a, a basketball game in a football stadium is incredible. It's, it's a once in a lifetime experience. And uh, if it hadn't been for Kennedy Meeks of UNC, you know, we may be talking about a different thing, but uh, still just an unforgettable experience. And, and those were some of my favorite memories. They, they sound amazing um, as you're talking about them. So that's really awesome. Yeah, I remember watching that game. That game was crazy. <laughs> yeah, Tyler Dorsey hit, hit a three that went off the back of the iron and then fell through. Uh, I think that made it a one-possession game at that point. And then UNC or Oregon, you know, UNC was shooting free throws and Kennedy Meeks blew through Jordan Bell uh, and got the rebound to end the game, essentially. And that was... Uh, that was tough. <laughs> that was really hard. Yeah. 
So out of college, how were you introduced to the minor league baseball scene? So I did uh, student radio my sophomore year. was my first year doing student radio. And I happened to work with a guy named Ryan Roulard, who is still one of my best friends. And he was doing summer collegiate baseball at the time. And so I was like, I want to figure out my way to, to get into to baseball. So he helped me get a job in the West Coast League, which was summer collegiate baseball. Uh, and I worked with the Walla Walla Suites for two years while I was in college. And from there, I had, you know, the experience, the tape, whatever, uh, where I felt comfortable enough where I could go into the minors. And I went to the winter meetings my senior year and interviewed for a few positions and ended up getting offered uh, one position and I took it and it was in uh, Southern California with Rancho Cucamonga. And that was an incredible experience where it was just a great entry level job where I called a ton of games. I mean, it was a 140 game season. I think I called 120 some odd games. Um, and it was, you know, insane. You look at that roster and I don't know if you guys are big baseball fans, but Walker Bueller started on that team. Um, and we ended up having, I think, 19 big leaguers come through that team, um, a lot of whom, you know, are with the Dodgers, Will Smith, uh, the catcher, uh, and then you know, Mitch White, Caleb Ferguson, uh, a ton of really good pitchers who are now you know, playing on one of the best teams in baseball in the Dodgers. So uh, really, really fun. And then from there, I, you know, wanted to, to make sure I, I perpetuated my ability to keep going in minor league baseball and uh I reached out to a guy named Scott Kornberg, who was the broadcaster for Myrtle Beach, uh, Cubs affiliate, when I was in college. And it turns out that I was graduating too late for his position. Um, so after 2017 with the Dodgers affiliate, I reached back out and I was like, hey, I'm still really interested in being your assistant. Uh, and it worked out. So I ended up going to Myrtle Beach for 2018. And then he left for another position. And so I took over the lead role in 2019. And then my boss in college, my good friend, Ryan Roulard was here in Frisco and he ended up leaving and Myrtle Beach and Frisco had the same ownership group. So I knew the leadership here in Frisco and I moved out here to take over Ryan's uh, high school football and basketball gig. And I was like, I'm just going to hope that I get the Frisco job. And I ended up getting it. So uh, it was really, really cool. Uh, this is, in my opinion, the Frisco Rough Riders are the best job in minor league baseball uh, with this market and uh, with Victor Rojas, who is our president and general manager, who was the broadcaster for the Angels for 11 years. Um, it really just doesn't get much better in terms of all the wonderful things we're afforded here in Frisco and uh, being, being in Dallas, you know, as a, as a young 20-something. So it's really, really fun. That's amazing about Ryan Roulard. Uh, we read about how he left and then um, how you came in. And then that's crazy about Walker Bueller. Um, I just remember Walker Bueller and the Texas Rangers, the what if story about the, um, they were trying to get him in the U Darvish trade, but uh, Frisco Rough Riders are amazing. And then what is it? How do you like the stadium? I know about the lazy river. Yeah, it's it's the most unique feature you'll find in the minors, that's for sure. Uh, Riders Field is one of, if not the best, double-A park in, in the minors, I think. We're here right now in Springfield, Missouri at Hammonds Field, which is also a beautiful park. 
but there's no lazy river. So of course uh, it, it loses some points. I mean, it, it's, it's really crazy. It's so much fun when you get all these people who come out in the area and come to the ballpark and you bring them in for the first time and you're like, Oh yeah, there's a lazy river out there in right field. If you didn't know. Um, so of course they want to go out there and uh, it's cool to have, you know, staff parties and all that stuff. And a lot of the guys uh, during off days, a lot of the players will, will go out there and, and hang out in the lazy river. So it's such a cool feature. One of my favorite things is on Thursdays, we have a thing called uh, blue Northern hard seltzer rowdy at the river. And uh, it's 21 and up out there. It gets crazy. And uh, it's, it's so much fun. So that's, that's minor league baseball. You know, that's, that's kind of just do what you can to get people out. And uh, the lazy river is a, is a huge get people out there to the ballpark uh, feature. So I haven't seen many ballparks. Is there anything comparable to it that you've seen? Uh, there's a few that have pools. I know uh, Round Rock, the AAA affiliate of the Rangers, they have a pool in right field. Um, but I think one of the unique things about the Lazy River is it's right on the fence. So you can be in the Lazy River and just look down over the over the field. So I, I think that it is super unique. It's super fun. Uh, and it gets so dang hot in Texas that it's it's a really nice place to enjoy the game. Then how did it feel to move to Texas and be announced or be recognized as the manager of media development and the broadcaster for the Rough Riders? Man, it was crazy. Um, I So growing up in Oregon, I never thought I would live in Texas. I never thought I'd live in South Carolina or North Carolina. You know, it's just it's crazy where this job has taken me. I've been extremely fortunate to have worked the jobs that I've been allowed to work. And um, it was it was crazy to me that I would get the job given some of the people I was up against to get the job here in Frisco, people who had a lot of years of experience on me, uh, were better than me (laughs) to be frank, but you know, I, I really lucked out and I'll, I'll never take that for granted, granted. And, um, it's just been, been really, really cool. And what's interesting that a lot of people don't necessarily understand about this job is my favorite part is the broadcast side. And a lot of people look at it as a broadcasting job, but there's so much more that goes into it outside of that. So I handle the media relations side. So anything that has to do with the players from a media side, and you know, we have Jack Leiter, who's the number one prospect in the Rangers organization. And uh, the media frenzy has been, you know, crazy, especially in the beginning of the season with him. So, you know, that was part of my job as well, was to handle any and all media requests. Uh, I do writing for the team as well. So written content, handle the website, do a little social media as well. Any on the baseball side of things on social. Um, And then I also do most of the video editing for the team as well. Um, Produce content for in-game. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's the job. It's a lot. It's something that when I was hired on coming in off of the pandemic, because I was hired, lost my job, and then was rehired in 2021. Um, And it was, you know, one of those things where I was coming in and I was like, all right, it's going to be the media relations and broadcasting again. And then it was, hey, we don't have a video person. You're going to learn video. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm learning video. So, you know, that's, that's just kind of, kind of the thing, kind of fill the different parts that you can and uh, do whatever you can to be lucky enough to call minor league baseball. That's how I look at it and and be around these amazing guys with the team. You have a wonderful group of guys this year, uh, great coaching staff. And uh, a really great front office as well. And that's that's what it's all about is you're all in this grind together. It's a long, long season and it's a lot of work and it's a lot of hours, but it's it's the best job in the world. Uh, sometimes you need to be reminded of that 
And uh, that's that's certainly what I try to do. That does sound like a lot, all the responsibilities, but um, you said you learned uh, movie video editing when you were hired? Yeah, so I'd done, you know, a little bit of work on Premiere, uh, Adobe Premiere, when I was in college, and then, you know, literally just the basics enough to slap a couple clips together and, you know, call it an edit. Um, and then when I was hired on, I kind of self-taught myself Premiere and After Effects uh, through tutorials and trial and error and all this stuff and uh, enough to where I feel pretty confident on it to, to put stuff together. Um, After Effects is the bear. I don't know if you guys have ever used After Effects, but it's it's insane to do motion graphics and uh, to put together a lot of a lot of stuff. So it's it's definitely really fun, and that's took up a lot of my off season. Uh, it was you know continuing to get better at that, but uh, that's that's definitely something that's been one of the biggest learning curves for me in this job. You also mentioned the pandemic. How did you stay sharp broadcasting over the long pandemic? Man, that's a great question. The pandemic was was tough. Um, so I moved down here in 2019, got the job. I was with the Rough Riders for three months. And actually, I was so everything got shut down on a Monday. And I was supposed to leave for spring training the following Sunday. Um, and, you know, everything got blown up. So I was working two months about in, uh, at home and then got laid off. And like a lot of people, you know, I went on unemployment and that really helped me out and, uh, ended up working at Dick Sporting Goods and to pay the bills. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was lucky where in Texas things weren't necessarily, you know, as, as shut down as other States. Uh, so we played high school football still. And so that was still good to to call high school football in 2020, call high school basketball in 2021 in the following year. Um, and then we came back in minor league baseball in 2021. So luckily it, it was just like a five month hiatus for me broadcasting. Um, but still it was, it was really tough. And it was, you know, it was the first time I wasn't calling baseball since 2013. So uh, it was it was really weird not to not to have baseball over the summer and um, it was something that I wasn't alone on and I think that's something I had to remind myself is you know this is tough but it's not like there are, everyone else out there is getting ahead of you you know this is something that everyone's dealing with uh, and so that was that was something I had to remind myself of. That's um, that's good that you could still pl uh, it wasn't super long. Um, broadcasting wise, just in general. Um, but what are the differences in calling high school sports, whether it be basketball or football and minor league baseball? I think the biggest difference is, well, I think there are a lot of differences, but the biggest difference for me is with minor league baseball, I work for the team and I know these guys and it's an everyday thing. And so of course you want to prep for every broadcast and you want to make sure you go in knowing everything about everybody but it's to the point where, especially at this juncture in the season, where we're at the end of July, if I just walked straight into the booth and put the headset on, I could call, you know, a full nine innings because I know these guys like the back of my hand and I can talk about stuff that's going on with them and that sort of thing. Whereas with high school football and basketball, I don't have that access necessarily. 
where I'm working with these guys and I'm, you know, have relationships with them. And on top of that, there isn't as much information to research and to, uh, you know, pull from the internet where with minor league baseball, there are tons of stories on a lot of these guys. Um, so I think that's a really tough thing. And part of my job doing football is, uh, there's a long pregame show where it encompasses multiple interviews with coaches and players. So you got to use those interviews, uh, to your advantage to make sure you do your research and, and really know what's going on in the game before things come about. And then, uh, in addition to that, baseball, football, and basketball are all insanely different to call, uh, from a fundamental level. Um, baseball, it's a lot of time to kill and it's, you know, a lot of, you're driving the broadcast rather than the game is driving the broadcast. Whereas in football and basketball, the pace of the game really dictates how you call the game. So for example, in football, I have a color guy and he does a wonderful job. He was a coach at the high school and he knows you know everything about everything. And so a lot of my job with football is almost directing traffic where you know I'm the play-by-play -play guy. I'm the guy who says what's going on with the play and then I get out of there and he fills. And so it's it's really different in terms of kind of your, your form. And then on basketball, I'm solo as well. So it's it's a little bit more filling. But with basketball, it's such a quick game going back and forth and everything where you want to know everybody and you want to know their backstories and all that stuff. But it is so much more game focused uh, than, than baseball. And uh, so that's that's really a, a an adjustment for sure when you're, when you're going from baseball to basketball to football. Um, but that they all have their, their ups and downs and their things that I love for sure. Then for McKinney football, um, was your first year broadcasting the first year that they were in that new stadium? It was not, it was not. Um, I came there, I think two years after it was built. Um, but man, it is beautiful. McKinney ISD stadium is, <laughs> it's massive. I mean, it's home to the D2 national championship. So, you know, it, it holds a ton of people and it is a gorgeous facility. And, uh, you know, I came from a high school in Oregon where we were the second biggest high school in the city at 1500. And the smallest of the three high schools that I call for in the McKinney independent school district is, you know, around 2,800 to 3,000. That's the smallest out of the three. So it's just, it's wild. It's a completely different world. My high school football field was a turf field with bleachers on one side. And this is, you know, a massive arena palace. It's gorgeous. So uh, it's so crazy. High school football is, you know, everything it's built up to be. Yeah, uh, it definitely is. So um, I was able to go to that stadium and it was just crazy. So I was curious um, how much of an adjustment was Texas high school football was for you. Why'd you make it down to the, the stadium? Just curious. Uh, so I was in uh, the band. Um, it was, um, I'm not sure if we're still in the district and, or still in the, it was Jesuit Dallas. I'm yeah. Not, sure not in the same district anymore, but my first year you guys were. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So maybe I may have been in the same stadium, been at the stadium at the same time as you. Uh, okay. I can't remember a few years. My last year was two years ago. Okay, yeah, 2019 was my first year calling calling games. Emmett Smith's kid was the running back my my first year. Yes, uh, yeah. So I, I was I think that was I was there um, because that's when we went far in the playoffs. Yeah. So yeah, and then actually two years ago, uh, 
Jesuit took down McKinney in basketball in the playoffs, and I called that game as well. Was that um, – I know I, may, I was doing like a sports uh, information. I was helping the sports information director. So I don't know. Was that the year – was that like your second year or – Yeah. Okay. I may – I don't know if I was there. Um, but that basketball team was awesome. Or, yeah, awesome. it was like three-pointers galore. <laughs> it was uh, – yeah, that was a crazy game. Yeah. So uh, we – I bet that was a joy to call. Um with all that. Yeah, it so. was, it was super fun. And then McKinney actually last year uh, made it all the way to the state championship game down in San Antonio um, and lost to an absolutely stacked Duncanville team. Uh, but they beat Austin Westlake in the, uh, the semifinals. And that was, yeah, it was just an incredible game. It went to overtime and then Alexander Mekwe, who's at Texas now uh, stole the ball and, had a buzzer beating dunk to send to send McKinney to the state final. So it was, it was crazy. It was super fun. Wow. Um, that were you able to travel to San Antonio? Yeah. Yeah. Actually I was lucky enough to do it, uh, kind of two years in a row. So I did, uh, this year I went with McKinney boys and then two years ago, actually like literally right before things shut down in 2020, um, I went down to San Antonio with McKinney girls. Uh, who made it to the state semis as well. So it was super fun. That sounds amazing. And uh, we appreciate you taking your time to talk with us. And uh, we wish the Rough Riders a bunch of luck. I know the Rangers just signed Kumar Rocker. I heard rumors. I'm, I'm not asking, but maybe he comes up and then that should be fun broadcasting. Hey, Kevin, you know as much as I do. I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping he gets here as well. Yeah, I didn't mean to put you in a bad spot. <laughs> no, all good. All good. Kevin Austin, thanks so much. Uh, pleasure talking to you, and I wish you the best of luck with this. Thank you. Thank you.